Welcome to Tice Talks, where we discuss all things faith and family. And today we have a very special episode directed to ministry leaders, specifically the pastors and the preachers. So what necessarily is a preacher to do? That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the responsibilities that are given to pastors. There's a passage in 1 Timothy chapter 3, and of course, 1 Timothy is a pastoral epistle. That is, it's a letter written by Paul to a pastor named Timothy. Timothy was the pastor in a church, uh, the church at Ephesus, a church that uh, the apostle Paul had uh, started, and he left Timothy there. And so we uh, we're looking at a letter written from the founding pastor of the church, uh, the apostle Paul, uh, to Timothy who is now serving as the pastor, and he's giving instruction about how things should take place. So going to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, Paul says this. He says to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. That is, don't let someone look down at you because you're young, but be thou an example of the believers. And then he gives six areas in your word, and that is in what you say, in conversation, that is in how you live, in charity, that is in how you love, in spirit, that is in your attitude, in faith, that is in what you believe and how you live trusting God, and then in purity, that's where to be examples in those areas. People will ask me, do you think I'm qualified to be a pastor? I, this is the verse that comes to my mind all of the time, that the, a pastor is supposed to be an example. The people within the church are supposed to be able to look at my life as a pastor, and they're supposed to be able to say, I can follow that guy's example. I follow his example in my family. That's why the Bible gives such strict, in First Timothy chapter 3, he gives, he says, if you're going to be a bishop, then you've got to be blameless, the husband of one wife. He gives a list of things. He says the same thing about deacons. Why is that? Why, does it, why deacons and why pastors and why not like evangelists? You don't get a list like that for evangelists. And I believe the pastor lives his life with his family in front of the church. And the deacons live their life with their family in front of the church. An evangelist doesn't necessarily do that. He's traveling from place to place to place. But it's important that church members be able to look at a pastor and say, that's what I want to be like. That's how I want to live my life. That's how, I, uh, that's how I'm supposed to live. That's how I'm, that's, supposed, that's how I'm supposed to talk. It's very important. A pastor is the example, and our families are examples to other families in the church. So the question is, how do I succeed? How do I succeed as a pastor? And that's what we want to talk about today on Tice Talks. Working hard, that is something that you definitely instilled in all five of us kids. There was not a time that we didn't see you guys constantly working and constantly doing something. Even in our fun days off, it was, we didn't realize this, but that was work for you. You saying, okay, I even though I've worked all week and I'm exhausted from Sunday, Monday morning, I'm going to 
get up at 5 a.m. and drive to Disneyland and take my kids to Disneyland. And it's fun, but that's work. That is. It is. Working. Here's the key. I I, I see preachers, and, and we, we have all sorts of examples as preachers before us about people we say, wow, that's a successful person. We hear a man like John MacArthur, uh, whether you like him or not, John MacArthur is one of the greatest expository preachers of our day. In fact, probably the most of uh, the greatest expository preacher. I, when I was very young, I heard him say, I study the Bible 40 hours a week. And I was at a preacher's conference when he said that. Another preacher said, well, how you, that's great that you can do that, but I'm a pastor of a small church. And he said, I can't give 40 hours a week to study because I have to I have to be the janitor. He said, I have to be, I have the to work with pastor, the youth pastor. I have yeah. to do all these things. I can't do this thing. And MacArthur stopped and looked right at him and said, oh, buddy, you're in the wrong business. He said, let me explain to you. When I took over this church, it wasn't running 9,000 people. Hmm. He said, when I took over this church, I was the janitor. When I took over this church, I made sure the nursery was clean. He said, I, I scrubbed toilets. He said, I did that, and I worked with the youth, and I helped with the children's ministry, and I studied 40 hours a week. Mm. And then he said, if you think pastoring is a 40-hour-a-week job, you're in the wrong business. Mm. And I thought, whoa. Yeah. That was, now, he was kind about it, yeah. but the fact of the matter is most, I, know, I shouldn't say most, many preachers just don't want to work. The apostles said to the, the people that said, hey, we need you to come and uh, take care of this problem that we're having with uh, with Hebrew widows and Grecian widows, and there was a conflict. They said, no, you need to, we need to select some men out from among you servants in the church so that we can give ourselves to the work of the ministry, hmm. which was prayer and reading the Word of God. Studying the Word of God is work. Hmm. Uh, praying is work. But then there's all sorts of work in the ministry. And you cannot, if you're going to be a successful pastor, you cannot not work. You yeah. wor- must work hard. And you'll work hard all week long, and then somebody in church will say to you, oh, man, I wish I had a job that easy, three oh, hours yeah, a week. three hours a week. That's, that's all I have to do. That's it. And and and, and you just have to put up with that. Uh, yeah. my, my mentor used yeah, to— Yeah, those s- critics, you just have to pray for them and give that to God because the critic is always going to be there. Yeah. The next church you go to, they're going to be there. The next church, they're everywhere you go. It's going to happen. Summer used to say to them, I'm sorry, buddy, you got in the wrong racket. Hmm. Uh, well, I, I just think we need to understand the ministry is, is hard work. So if you're going to be— if you if you're going to be a successful pastor, it is obvious that Paul says, "Look, you need to work. You need to work hard at it. Uh, work hard at loving people. Work 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 hard at being an example. Work hard at your attitude. Working at it." I I said to a minute uh, a another mentor of mine. His name was Vern Bartlett. He's in heaven now too. But uh, I said to him one day, I said, "You know, I pray for the same things every single day, every single day." And I said, "Sometimes I think, I think." man, does God want to hear the same thing every single day? And I, 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 I just really have to work at it. And he said, yeah, that, he said, yeah David, that is the work of, the, of, hmm. of prayer. It's work to pray. People will say things like, and I hear it, it sounds so nice. You know, I just, I don't want to have to go before God because it's a duty. I, have to, I, want to, I just want to enjoy God. 
I would like to enjoy him too. Yes. But oftentimes I go, it's work. It's what he said to do. And so I'm asking him and I say to him, God, I'm just doing this because you said to, but God hears and answers prayer. Yeah, so set a so time uh, or so, so Make determine. Make sure we're working. Number one, work hard. And then number two goes hand in hand with that. Pray hard. Hmm. Be someone who prays that you work at praying, that you, that the people of your church, how many of people are in your church? Do you pray for them every day? Now, if you have a church that runs 3,000, you're probably not listening to this podcast. So, but if you run, have, have a church that runs 60 it people. should be. Yeah, you, they should be. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, the, uh, if you have a church that's running 60 people, then you should pray for those families every yeah. single day. Before, when our church first started, I remember the very first service, I walked in, we set up the chairs, and I went to every one of those chairs, and I said, God, fill, fill this chair with somebody. God, fills this chair with somebody. Mm. And I went to every one of the chairs, and I prayed that God would fill. I think we had 100 chairs. Mm. I that God would fill them up. Well, God filled them up with 68 chairs mm. that day, and, and uh, we saw two people trust Christ as Savior. And it, they've been filled up thousands of times over That's since right. then. That's right. Every one of those chairs has had somebody sit in it. Yeah. So <laughs> the the... Uh, the God answers prayer. So um, I like that you just said that. That is really good. I'm just thinking about that. That's true. He answered they, it. they didn't get filled that day, but, the, but they were I'm sure every one of those chairs would have been filled. You know, you say the work hard, but on the flip side of that, people, then there's the pastors that all they do is work. Oh, the workaholics. Yeah. The workaholic. And then, then the family stuff. I've been listening to um, Barnabas Piper's book for pastor's kids. And it's for ch- past. It's for church members to read, and it's a really short book to listen to. It's only like three hours long, um, but it's when I'm listening, I'm so disheartened to listen to it because I feel so bad for these pastors' kids. The stuff he's saying, the stuff that his his dad wrote the foreword for it, um, but I. The stuff that they talk about, I have never experienced. I, I'm just sitting there like these workaholic fathers, these fathers, there's parents that didn't spend time with them, uh, these kids that hate being pastor's kids. They hate being used as illustrations. And I look and I think, wow, I didn't. So then I'm like all worried for my kids. And so I'm asking them, I'm like, do you like being a pastor's kid? Lincoln said, Oh, are you kidding me? It's my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> that kid likes attention, too. <laughs> Every one of them, thank God, was like, yeah, I love being a preacher's kid. Yeah, I love being a pastor's kid. But I thought their dad spends time with them. Their dad invests in them. It's not also looked at, well, you have to do this because you are the preacher's kid. Yeah. This is This is, there's hard things. Of course, I think each one of them would be like, Oh yeah, I don't like this. I don't like that we have to be dragged to church for Tice talks again. <laughs> but actually, two of them were begging to come. You know, so I think, um, I think on the one end about like we were saying, there's the people that don't work and invest in their ministry, but then there's the workaholic, and that's what really um, I noticed throughout that book. I was like, oh man. So many parents just don't invest in their families. The, the important thing, the, the important thing is that that they are. That when you're working, you're working, and when you're not, you're not. Mm. the The problem is oftentimes when I, I hear of preachers who are out golfing, 
or they're out doing all sorts of stuff, or they go hunting. And I'm not against golfing, and I'm not against hunting. Yeah. I'm not against sports. But here's the deal. We need to say, all right, oh, if I'm not working for the Lord, then I'm working for the Lord, and I'm ministering to my children. Hmm. We never took a day off. We took days with our family. We took family days. And yeah. and that's it's important. So again, there needs to be, you need to work hard. And then you need to you need to pray hard, and and when you're praying right, and you're praying, you have a prayer list where you're praying for your wife and your children above everything else. Then you're going to spend time with your children, which mm. brings us, uh, which brings us to the third point, which is love your wife, mm. love your wife more than anything else in the world. You just mentioned the fact that you didn't have any of those problems because. Because your dad wasn't a workaholic, in all in all truthfulness, you are a workaholic. I am a workaholic. Yeah. I had a right. wife that 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 pulled the cord and said, and a God that put you in the hospital when you when you needed to stop working. That's exactly right. There there was uh, my, uh, but your mother continually would say, David, you preach about the family. You need to spend time with the family, and really is a c- constant and continual help, even today. Uh, about there needs to be white spaces in the calendar. That's right. That's, that's right. what I get to hear about. <laughs> we need to be keep white spaces in the calendar. I say work hard and play hard. Work hard and play hard. She says let's rest hard for a yes. while. And so she's a. She's I like really what you helpful. said about being. If you are working, you're working. If you're playing, you're playing. Because I find um, in with technology now, it's very very easy. To be like, okay, let's put on a movie and I'll work while the kids are watching a movie. I'm not watching a movie with them. Like I've had, you know, because you have your phone right there. So I have purposefully, well, sometimes that's fine, but not all the time. Not when like, hey, let's sit down and. This is something we're doing together. We're doing together. Then let's do it together. So I've like, I'll put my phone in another room and it's not, it's, I'm not playing video games. I'm not social media. I'm legitimately working on ministry stuff. So I will purposefully stick the phone in a different room, put it on airplane mode so I can't hear the dinging of people requesting things um, because you have to purposefully be with them to be with them because I necessarily don't really care to watch the new Mario Brothers movie, but they do. Grace really wants to see it. We should take Grace to see Mario I'm Brothers. Actually, I'm actually thinking about taking my the grandkids, the grandkids tonight. Oh, but they would love it. Anyway, so that which brings us to the third, fourth point: focus on your family. I love James Dobson, and I love that 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 statement. Oh, hmm. He's not with focus on the family anymore, but he started so, it. Yeah, yeah, but the but his whole uh, he helped me as a young preacher to be focused on my children. Hmm. That means playing with your children. People have asked me this. They'll say, they'll say, well, don't, aren't you a pastor 24 hours a day, seven days a week? And my answer always is yes. And one of those days I pastor totally my family. Hmm. I, and, and one guy said to me, how do you pastor your family? I said, well, if they're real young, you get down on, you play horsey with them and you hmm. you, you play... When they get a little older, you play with Legos, and uh, and uh, uh, you do that. They love Legos, and and you get a little older, and you 
take your daughters out on dates. That's how you pastor. Well, that, what's that got to do with pastoring? They're spending time with your children, and you're enjoying your children, and they're enjoying you. And you're training them how to be the parent that God intended them to be. That's because exactly. there's things that we do with our kids just because that's what we learned from you and the example that we had growing up. So, so important. And then, listen, when I was, I was, I was back in uh, Florida, and I was walking through a church, and um, a lady said, and I'm shaking hands with people, and there's a lot of older people there. And a uh, lady said, have you met this guy? And she introduced me to the guy. She said, he's 104 years old. I said, you're a 104 years old? Wow. He said, yeah. I said, that's amazing. Think about that, 104. And so that means he was born in 1919. Wow. 1919. I mean... That you is just amazing. met him the last couple of weeks yeah, just when you were preaching on tour. So okay. I'm talking to him. He, by the way, he thought my message was great. So Hey, anyway, and he's been around for 104 that, years, so he right. probably heard a lot of messages. So. Right. So, <laughs> so, I, so she said, ask him the secret of his, of his longevity. And I said, oh, what's the secret of your longevity? He said, I tell everybody. He said, number one, he said, I don't smoke cigarettes. He said, stay away from cigarettes. He said, number two. He said, I don't drink hard liquor. I don't know if they meant he drank beer, but, but he didn't drink hard, <laughs> liquor. hard he liquor. He said, stay away from hard liquor. He said, thirdly, stay away from wild women. I thought, I can't. I got my three daughters and my wife. And so I, <laughs> but he said, stay, he said, I stay away from wild women. And, the, and he, said, he said, got that? I said, yeah. He said, number four, lots and lots of chocolate. Have all the chocolate you want. I like this guy. <laughs> I need to meet him. <laughs> So, oh. so anyway, he then patted my hand and said, I'm just kidding. Yeah. He said, but I, I, that's what I tell people. That's neat. So um, it's important. I, I like one, two, three, four, five. This yeah. is what you should do. I think preachers, if you're going to be a success, you need to work hard. Number two, you need to pray hard. You need to love your wife. You need to focus on your kids. And then lastly, don't get drunk. <laughs> that's good. You say, well, you say, just remember that. Don't get drunk. <laughs> uh, there are things in your life that you just need to eliminate Paul says it this way in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18. He said, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That doesn't mean get a little bit drunk every now and then. Don't, be, don't, don't let your joy be based on something other than the Lord. That's so good. Be, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And here's the key. What's it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It means daily surrender yourself to the control of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, I want you to know this. Every single day, I'm telling you every single day, if I don't get through my entire prayer list, it doesn't matter. Every single day, I put my face to the ground, and every single day, I say, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Control me, because I am not going to say the right things. I'm not going to do the right things unless you're controlling me. I don't want to be controlled by liquor. I don't want to be controlled by my own desires. There's a lot of things I like. I love salted caramel. It's a new thing. I love salted caramel. <laughs> I don't want to be controlled by salted caramel. I, I, like, I like to watch things on TV. I like shows. I like to be entertained. I like situation comedies from the 1950s. I don't want to be controlled by that. I don't mm. want to be living my life saying, oh, I can't wait till I get home and get to watch this show or do that. I don't want to be controlled by my passions. I want to be controlled by the... Lord Jesus That's Christ so through his Holy Spirit. And so I want to love that. And so I every day say, Lord, give me 
Fill me with your spirit. Control me. Because preacher, you can't be the preacher God wants you to be. You're not going to work. You're not going to pray. You're not going to love your wife. You're not going to love your children unless you decide, I'm not getting drunk on wine. I'm going to be filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Surrender to him every day. And I promise you, he will give you direction. And things may not turn out the way you want, but you'll be able to lay your head down at night and say, Lord, I surrendered to you this morning, hmm. and I got everything done that, that uh, I possibly could through your control. A few years ago, that passage really spoke to my heart because um, though— you know, I've I've never gotten drunk. I've never even socially drinking. You know, the only time I got to really have a good drink <laughs> was when I went to England and I was at a Baptist church taking communion, and I didn't even know it was real wine. <laughs> but that was that. So out of all of that, you know, reading that passage, it never was like like convicting. You know, like okay, <laughs> I'm not going to get drunk. But I thought. What do I go to when things are annoying at the house or when I'm bothered? What am I going to? Am I going straight to food? Do I go to, oh, here I go. And then you go to social media, you know, something to get out, get of. out of where you're at. Because that's really what, what's happening when you go to, you know, you see it all over. It's your escape. Yeah, it's your escape. Yes. And... For people that are getting drunk, that's their escape. It numbs the situation instead of going to saying, Holy Spirit, I need you to fill me, control me right now. My kids are acting crazy, and I would like to just leave the situation. I want to shoot my husband. I, I feel annoyed. <laughs> He's a wonderful man. I've never thought that. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> but, good. you know, you, the, the time where you feel like, I want out. Your mother has shot. Has shot. <laughs> <laughs> I want out. I want out, you know, and that's often it's it's the mama needs wine mentality. Yep. But but many of m- m- myself and many of my friends don't drink wine. But it doesn't mean that's not speaking to us. What does mama need? Mama needs social media. Mama needs to go eat. Mama needs to just, you know, do whatever. No, what mama needs is the filling of the Holy Spirit. Mama doesn't need just, I, you know, just Jesus and tacos. No, we really just need Jesus. Um, yes, we need to eat. We need to Why God. Why did you mention tacos? But that's what it is. Oh. But that's what it is. So often our culture, in, in our Christian culture, we can be like, oh, yeah, I don't drink. Oh, I don't smoke. But I have no problem going to and Roberto's for to, tacos yeah, like and, right and now. Over, stop it. <laughs> Salted caramel. But it is. It's a it's like what does what do we truly need as instead of like, oh well you do this and I, I'm not that kind of a sinner. Oh no, I, I am. I, I sin differently though. Yeah. I'm just like you. I sin differently. My sin is I'll ignore the family and do this. Or right. I'll go and I'll get um, you know, whatever food or something. But that's where it's like, no, what does mama truly need? What do we all need? Like you said, it's the filling of the Holy Spirit. We yeah. don't need to numb ourselves with anything else. We can truly experience this amazing life through the filling of the Holy Spirit. So, Dad, this is really good. Thank you so much for this. Well, thank you for coming. And I just think, I think it's so important. I, I, I really want to do all I can. Uh, I, I think that all over the country, uh, just as a thought, I, uh, all over the country there are, there are pastors that are really hurting 
and we want to be a help to them. And these are some thoughts. When people, preachers ask me, what do you do? These are priorities. These are things that, that are just the beginning point. But um, let's, let's, let's not get drunk. Let's be filled with the Spirit. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. If you say, hey, I would really like to spend some time with Dr. and Mrs. Tice and get to know them and see what they did in ministry, you can book them through davidtice.com to come speak at your church. You can go to davidtice.com. It's T-E-I-S, davidtice.com. And you can look at the available dates that he could come and speak and preach at your church, host family life conferences. Um, I am the one who you'll be dealing with, with the booking. And just quite honestly, the feedback I hear the most is from pastors and their wives saying, just the time that we got to spend with Dr. Tice and Miss Anna was the most encouraging. We've even had people say, hey, we just want to book them to come and spend the weekend with us. They can preach on Sunday, but we need a personal family life conference just for us. So check that out. Go to davidtice.com and you can book them for your church and they can come and minister to you and your family and really just help your ministry family and the ministry families that are in the area to help them thrive in their ministries for the Lord. Let me say this too, just as a word of encouragement. If you're a pastor and you need some encouragement, my secretary knows that... that um, knows that I deal a lot with pastors. You can call our church secretary anytime. You can email us, and we want to be here for you. Uh, You can email me. I tell preachers all the time, give me 24 hours. I'll get back in touch with you within 24 hours. It may just be a text, but I'll set something up. We want to be a help to pastors. Uh, we, We want to be an encouragement. We want to uplift you in any way that we can. So, Uh, You can feel free to contact us anytime through social media, through uh, experienceliberty.com. What are other ways they can contact us? experienceliberty.com has all of the ways that they can contact through email. davidtice.com is the best way. Um, You can also go to info at experienceliberty.com, and that will get get right to us. Our phone number is 702 647-4522. Again, that number is 702-647-4522. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you next time. This is Tice Talks. And it's more than a conversation.